Yo, entrepreneurs! thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is the place to help you start and build a disruptive brand and impact the universe. You're locked into the grind where we give you the inside track, what goes on behind the scenes while we start our new business. Hopefully you'll learn what it takes to launch a successful brand as we share our learnings with you. I'm Matt Thorne, aka Sketchy Media. I'm Phil Kemish, aka Phil Kemish. And I'm Nish Solanke, just Nish Solanke. On this episode of The Grind, me, Matt and Phil are live and talking about what was learned over the last year launching the startup. We touch on the beauty of timing, the power of people, and how your first idea will never be your last. And it was a blast. So let's jump right into it. Welcome everybody to the first ever live Brandpreneur podcast. Can I get a woo? Yes. We're, I'm, I'm really excited to not be in my living room anymore, so that's good. So there should be no police cars Where's going by. Where's all the plants, Matt? What's going on? All the plants? I don't know. Room. I don't know. The shrubbery has evaded us today. <laughs> So for anybody that's new to the podcast, Brandpreneur is all about providing the action needed to start a disruptive brand and impact the universe. Pretty punchy yeah. title that we, we, we like to spit on at the beginning. I'm Matt Thorne, a.k.a. Sketchy. I'm Phil Kemish, a.k.a. Phil Kemish. And I am Nish Solanke, just Nish Solanke. Awesome. So today is all about reflection and retrospection. There you go. 2019. Yep. Uh, we're in a live setting. Now, for me and Matt, this is kind of new territory, but for you, Phil, I'm guessing you're kind of accustomed to this, I don't this, know. Right? This, is, this is like a little bit of a flashback for me. This There's is no cool. stools. We yeah. nearly did the stools. It feels like I'm back on X Factor with, <laughs> with a new boy band. Got to say, I've got Jay Sean next to me. Oh, thanks, mate. I don't know, but I mean, Ed Sheeran, maybe? I don't know. Who maybe else we'll take that. Like, I'm not Biggest sure. Biggest artist in the world, you know. Peter we'll Andre. We've got to be, that's, that's, a, that's a boy band made out of heaven, that is. Peter... Pierre Andre, Jay Sean, and Ed Sheeran. Perfect for ITV. Anyone got a name? Any names? Paul, you got something quippy, surely. No? No direction? Yeah. I, that's not. I, like I was that. saying lopsided Oreo. Yeah, I'll take that. You get that? Lopsided? lopsided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Be in the middle, man. <laughs> in the middle. Um, but yeah, no, it's great to, be, great to be doing this. Thank you for the ministry for letting us uh, have their space. Um, and we've got a really exciting hour planned. Reflection, we're going to talk about learnings, Nish, is that right? Yeah, 2019, been a big year, certainly in the context of starting Reboxed and getting yeah. it to the place of where it's at. So I think it's a really good opportunity to use this as a great chance to mainly look back and to see what we've gone through in the year of like building something and getting it to where it is right now. So let's just start off with the bat. Like what's been, what have been some of the big key moments or big learnings from 2019? We've done 25 episodes of the podcast. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm well happy with that. Yeah, that was the more? biggest thing. Is it more? I don't know. I think one of the first things we'll say is that we sat on the Brandpreneur thing, me and Matt, probably. We registered it like five years ago. We weren't sure what to do with it. And then it was only in like January this year we decided, no, well, maybe at the end of last year we decided to go, let's do something with it. And I think the first lesson there is like, if you have something, just start it because that's the hardest thing sometimes is just to get something going. I kind of wish we'd been doing this for much longer because over the last year we've learned so much. One, it's been like therapy sitting with you guys every week and kind of chatting about what we've been through and having those conversations. But also just the learning of like, when I look back at the podcast when we first started to where we got to today, like it just shows that you can do stuff if you just start. I think that's the first. And it looks better now. I don't know how it looks better because it's in the same setting, same kit, pretty much. Well, it just looks better. You've managed to do it, Matt. You're the, you're the creative director. Well done. Thanks. So, yeah, I think the... Logo's had a compliment today, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. So I think the first thing we were going to chat about was, uh, was timing. And I think that point leads really nicely on, because like I said, timing is almost everything. Trying to figure out 
when a business is right to start, when a business isn't right to start, the first point I definitely think is just start. I think we started at the beginning of the year with a completely different idea. People in here that know me and Matt, uh, I think to here probably has gone through it. Paul's maybe seen. Sean, for sure. Yeah, I've seen like 10 different decks of the idea of how it's translated from the original idea of kind of, uh, I guess, insurance. Was it insurance, the very first one? No. It, it was, was all around the, consumer uh, electronics, but. It was the tri uh, trip advisor for products. Yeah. Trip advisor for With products. With insurance and all this other stuff built into it, which is kind of there now. And we kind of went down each of these roads for maybe two or three months, which seems like a long time, but actually like when you're researching a business, trying to figure out whether that's the right thing to do, I'm really glad we went to those extents to try and figure out whether it's right or wrong, and then didn't end up doing something like InsureTech, which then the bubble completely burst, and then you know, we would have gone into a space where really it, didn't, it wouldn't have worked. So. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And, like, did you think it was going to be quicker than what it actually was in hindsight, given where you were at that point? Quicker as in getting it off the ground? Yeah. yeah, I think every time we have an idea, it's like, oh, especially Phil and I, we're like, oh, we can do this in two weeks. Let's get this done next week. And, you know, we're even still doing it now with, like, our latest raise where everyone's saying, you're never going to be able to raise your seed round in before, you know, next February. And we're like, okay, we're doing it by the end of November. And we're a bit, we're a bit over, you know. But we're there and it's, it's definitely got there quicker than we would have done if we were probably not pushing as much. So I think, yeah, naturally we want things to be done quicker and now. But, yeah, it does always take a lot longer. And I think the biggest learning for me and, and why I think it's such an important thing is to, to get out there and start is because the sooner you do start, you know, the quicker that, that will come. And it's really easy to be comfortable and not take action towards stuff. And one of the things that actually I think if you look back on the last six months, we had the first version of this website built. And I was just saying to Phil the other day, we should have just got it out there like three months ago when we had it built. Why haven't we done that? And, you know, I'm not, not to say that I'm going to beat myself up about it, but we could have had a website out there and we could have been testing stuff. So I think, yes, yeah, taking the action is really important. But most people are perfectionists. I don't know, there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs in this room. Like I struggle with sometimes putting out stuff that I'm not fully happy with, especially when it can be critiqued by so many people with what's going on, but I think getting over that fear of just like, even if you fail and it's not good enough. I think there's a great story that I read recently, Amanda shared it with me, which was about Allbirds and their first ever, if you guys know about Allbirds trainers, um, they're a B Corp, okay? They are, yeah. Yes, another <laughs> B Corp. Um, their first run of trainers, they actually got the whole thing wrong. It was a Kickstarter program. And I think they got all the sizing wrong. So people were ended up getting like size eights when they were size sevens because of the difference in US and UK. But they continued. They ended up selling out the Kickstarter, going on to be one of the most successful brands, I think, of the last kind of couple of years. So I think it just shows that sometimes you just got to get things out there. 
one of the things I wanted to talk about was the 66 days challenge. So I think we did this thing and we made it up and basically the whole concept was let's try and get the, from the idea to kind of a launch in 66 days. Um, and I think a few people in here maybe did it with us. I'm looking at you, Amanda, you did it. And it was a really interesting concept. So it basically just focused you for 66 days. You said like for every day, we're just gonna work on the same thing and try and get us from where we were to where we got to. And that was a really interesting process because I learned a lot about myself in that process as well as a lot about business. I think they're trying to, ha trying to create a new habit almost. Yeah, and I think it's worth just touching upon that moment in the cabin in High Wycombe. I was saying that was probably one of the pivotal moments. For those who don't know, we basically went away for like a romantic weekend <laughs> slash let's just work for two days in a cabin somewhere. It was a romantic weekend. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do any work. But it was, it kind of focused us and actually we changed everything just by t removing ourselves from that whole 66 days thing, which we really put a lot of pressure on ourselves to deliver against. Yeah. When I talk about having the first version of the product done, we almost completed the 66 days to get our first product done successfully, but we kind of went down the wrong road a little bit and uh, got a few few tough questions on the big idea and we kind of went away to High Wycombe and had like the eureka moment where we everything fell into place for us. Yeah. But it was really important because it was that reflection that kind of brought it all together, right? I think it's really important. I think having reflection time, I think Christmas is a, a really great time to do some reflection. End of the year is a great time to do some reflection. And I think everybody like naturally kind of takes a little bit of a step back and I think this week especially like slows down. But I think it's one of the things that you kind of forget and you're in the midst of building something. Um, you're almost in the trenches and it's really difficult to see what's going on out on the kind of like the playing field. I don't know how you feel, Paul, being in the middle of a, a startup. I'll call you up because we've worked on with you on this year during, during your startup. And how do you feel like being in the trenches sometimes and, and not being able to, you know, to rely on people to give you the, the direction? Um, I need a lot of hugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's tough. Like it's tough, it's tough working on the same thing consistently and keeping yourself focused on it. Yeah. But to come back to something you said a minute ago about the launch, yeah. the common thinking is, or I forget who said it, but it's a really great quote, which is, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, you've launched too late. Yeah. yeah. Right? So 100%. You have to get it out there. And <clears throat> we launched, we launched after one year and we had to build the backend tech to do it. We weren't ready to launch, but it gave us something to go and show the market and that's what got us there. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's tough to stay focused on the singular goal. And actually you two, you three, the most impressive thing about you is that you're, you're serial doers. Mm. You get up and you do things the whole time to the extent that I'm like, how are they staying focused? <laughs> so, so how do you We're stay not. focused? I suppose, but I feel like we don't. We're not focused sometimes. I think that's kind of a weakness, definitely. But yeah, we do do stuff. And I actually think it is the doing that unfocuses us because we want to take on everything. There was like a week where we got lost in this whole idea of packaging and boxes for our product. I was like, I haven't even got a website to sell anything yet. Let's, let's, just, let's just take a step back and get but, the, but it's important the basics to, done. But, but it is important. It's yeah. important to get the priorities right. I think what me and Matt have started doing, and this is something that, you know, only after 10 years of working together, is we keep on going back to the drawing board and going like, what is our North Star? Like, what are we really trying to work to? And I think having that vision and like, until we had that thing of like, what's the ladder up and what's the main purpose? Like when we had that thing of like, let's try to rehome 100 million devices, that's the big vision. You can get stuck thinking about boxes of packaging or metrics or suppliers, but actually when you have that North Star, which we call it, it's much easier to keep on reflecting going, are we doing the right things to get to there? Because if we're not, 
it might be the wrong thing. Yeah, and you know, and I think in the context of the year and maybe some of the different avenues that we've had to take, um, having a real clear understanding of that destination has made it pretty simple to take those side routes and go in different avenues because you're so clear on where you want to go and what it is you're trying to address that actually changing from an insurance product into this product actually makes sense as long as the end destination is clear. Yeah, I think the, the biggest challenge for me is when you have such a big vision is when you're getting stuck in the nitty gritty, the small bits, is how you're actually getting towards your end bit. It can seem so far, and I suppose that's kind of demotivating a lot of the time. So it's how you pick yourself up and going through that. And I suppose walking away from the product and actually designing the end thing and then coming back to do the components, like going to see our suppliers and the operational side has been the bit that's allowed us to keep accessing that that further vision because it does seem really far away. There's so much to build. You know, like Paul, you'll know when you're building your tech product and it's sat in development, it can seem a long way off. It seems like you're never gonna get there. So, you know, it's you have to have the big vision to keep yourself motivated. And it has to be big enough to scare you as well, to keep you interested. I was just about to say that. <laughs> do you do you get sometimes scared and nervous about that big vision? No, but I think what we did do is we did get scared about it subconsciously and that's why we started going to these kind of smaller iterations of the vision, which is like, oh, well, let's just do insurance or let's just do, yeah. you know, like refurbed phones, marketplace. And I suppose it's that, that fear is kind of embedded in you subconsciously. It's not actually, you don't think about being scared about it because we, we've never been the types of people to been, be scared about something, but you naturally, as humans, want to take the easy way out of, <laughs> out of things. So you, you look for that. Yeah, I quite enjoy the fear. If I'm honest, I, I, not that I get scared, but I think there has to be an element of like, this is fucking big and we're going to try and tackle it. Like if you don't have a little bit of fear, I think it's good to have a bit of fear. I think whether it's adrenaline, whether like some mornings I wake up and I think we were chatting about this, me and the man the other morning, like you have a little bit of angst about, oh shit, like is this big enough that it's going to scare me and that I want to do it? But I always believe that like, I think Will Smith said this this year, it was like on the edge of fear is greatness. And you really have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. And this year, especially for me, like I've been the most scared I've been for the last 10 years. I haven't felt comfortable. I don't feel comfortable like doing stuff like this because it's our first time. But I know that if we don't get through it, we're never going to do it. We don't grow. And growth is pain. And that's all you've got to kind of think about. And I don't really look as pain as pain anymore. I just go, cool, if it's going to hurt me, then it might make me better in some way. And I think it's a mindset shift because... Like maybe the last two years, we were quite comfortable, if I'm honest, like working at the agency, doing the thing that we had done for seven years. We got to a point where it was quite easy to do that business and we could have continued doing that business. I think it was scarier to leave the business that we had built and try and do something that we've never gone into. Like we've never done re-commerce. So I think like this is a completely new challenge, but... If I'm being really honest, the scariest thing right now is money because obviously we sold our business. We did okay from that and we've spent the last two years exploring the next path and we've got to that point now where we've got no money left and it's like oh shit we really need to get this off and running now because it's come january we're gonna we're gonna be you know struggling to to keep our heads above the water and i think that's what's accelerating it at, at the moment but you know I'll, I'll be honest about that it's like that's more scary than the idea is you know making sure that we can continue working on it as as opposed to not working on it so mm. That's where my head's at at the moment. That, that's also been a balance. I think people ask me this. It's like um, when we first started any business, like we always had something on the side. Like when we first met mm. 10 years ago, you were designing. There was an income stream. You were doing flyers. I was doing events. And I think it's really important. People say, well, how do you start? And like, I would never say to anyone, drop everything and go into a new business. If you have a 
a way of making some money, keep that on the side and work in your spare time. There's more than enough hours in a day that you can start a business and maintain a, a job or an income. At least trial it, because then you can get something up and running, test whether it works, get some money, and then take a jump. I think people that sometimes go into the position of, we're going to drop everything and go and trial this thing, then put themselves in the predicament that, like you said, at the end of the day, everyone has to survive. So it's important to keep that balance. But I think um, once, you, once you understand that, then it's a lot easier to... To get up at step. six, there's a few extra hours in the day. I know a lot of people find it uncomfortable, especially in the winter, but I went through a stage of the best progress this year when I was getting up at six every single day and I was getting stuff done. Then I got a dog, which basically <laughs> threw that all out the window. But, but yeah, it's th those hours in the morning where actually I, I found I was more focused and more productive as well. There's no emails, there's no crap going on on your phone, there's nothing to distract you. You just have to stare, work in the face. And I think those, those moments are actually real opportunities for people if they can harness them properly. Um, just before we get to some questions, one thing I want to quickly touch upon is maybe just some of the people that you've brought in, s s certainly from the world of Reeboks. Like, what's been the learnings from there in terms of finding the right people given the stage that Reeboks was at at the time and getting people yeah. in? Like, that's, played, that's been such a big significant thing for you guys. Yeah, like, I think we approached it a lot differently this time. I think when we first started, the, especially the agency business, me and Matty were making it up as we went because we were, you know, we were working at Grime Daily, we had a different kind of, uh, people were coming to us and then we could kind of sell them stuff. Whereas this business, we went into it going, if we're gonna build a business that is gonna be as big as we want it to be, we need better people than us all around the yeah. table. How do we find those people? How do we surround ourselves with those people? And honestly, how do we ask those people the questions if we don't know it? But also, that's a really self-aware thing to have, to just go, you know what? I'm not capable enough to drive that. I need to bring somebody in to do that. Like, that's almost yeah. like a level of self-awareness that you need. Well, yeah, I think you, just, you need to build a business not around two people, around the business and around the people you bring in that can be better than you. I think we've chatted about this poor hiring staff with you this year. It was one something, something we came in and helped try to help you do as part of our, <laughs> our, 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 you know, what we do. And that, that was a really interesting process for me. It taught me a lot even going through it with you because we were hiring a head of marketing and setting up your teams for you. I think we've gone into so many other startups and we've seen it that the startups will really fail are the ones that don't have the best people. So it was really important for us not, one, to get the best investors in and not investors who can just sometimes bring money but also bring a skill set and value and people that could actually support the business. But there was one thing I think that you, you want to talk, talk about was like, I linked in this guy who started Enviraphone and I used to sell my phones to Enviraphone when I was uh, growing up. It's one of the biggest kind of you know, sites to do it. And I found the founder on LinkedIn, I messaged him and I said, look, I'd love to have a chat to you about my new business called Rebox. would you like to have a chat? He messaged back, said, yeah, why not? If you want to come to Manchester, me and Matt jumped on the train, literally, I think two days later, went and saw him. And you know, he's ended up investing in the business and also being one of the main people who's helped us pull the whole structure together because we didn't have the experience. And like I said, that was one message from LinkedIn. I think it was really important that you, you have these networks, you have this ability to reach out to people and connect with them. And sometimes it, you know, it takes that one thing to go and make the difference. And it really has. It's that insight as well, right? He had like 10 years of insight and contacts still in the industry that we couldn't, you can't really buy that, although we have bought it, <laughs> essentially. But you can't, you can't just go and find that information, right? That experience. So. But if you have to buy it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that as well. You should. Like if you're starting a business and you don't have the experience, like even when we fast tracked the agency, we got in better people than us to help us build the products and monetize the business in the right way. We pay for that experience. I think if you have some budget, even if it's smaller budget, pay for people who have more experience. Like you cannot, it's worth so much. 
you know, it's going to save you so much time and mistakes. Like we would have made so many more mistakes if we didn't have people like Pete going, maybe not people like Tahir who's here, our lawyer going, maybe not, this is how you should do it. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who can, are better than you and can give you great advice. And that's my biggest learning this year, surround yourself with better people and also surround yourself with people that you enjoy working with. Like on a day to day, you guys have been great having the last year with you and your closest people, your relationships, your friends, like really be careful about who you bring into your life and who you have around you because an entrepreneur has to have a real, maintain a real focus on having anything that sidetracks you can really take it out and that could be outside of work. I think the goal with the people as well, from my perspective is, We've spent a lot of time working in businesses, like our own businesses, and we need to get ourselves to a place where we're working on the business. If you're working in the business, you can't see past your day-to-day challenges, getting your packaging done, your boxes and your product. But if you're working on the business, you get to have a bird's eye view and look at everything else and really push things forward. And the whole point of hiring great people in is to get the people that are better in those areas, especially in your weaknesses, because Phil and I have a, a lot of weaknesses between us that we got to fill those with people that can just absolutely own those areas. And we kind of got to take a step back and go, how do we just focus on the big vision and just carry on plowing forward? And it's one of the reasons we started Brand Entrepreneur. I know we don't talk enough about what this is, but like as a community and over the last kind of, definitely the the last half of this year from where it was, you know, like a year and a half ago, which was a nothing idea to a podcast. And now these amazing coffee mornings were like, I love connecting some of you guys. I know some of you guys have, have met today and I know some of you guys will be in the WhatsApp group, but it's really important that there are these kind of little communities that other each each other can support, you know, and there's a lot of talent in the room and a lot of people have different skill sets. So really utilize that because like I said, that's been, this is not just, you know, selfishly for me, like I love doing this and bringing people together, but it also is there to benefit the wider vision. I know we've got a crack on with Lohan because Nish is giving me that stare. Giving you that stare. Um, me that any, look. Any, any questions? Like uh, any, like does anyone want to ask? Go pull, pull Samson from Licks. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Go for it. So, one, how would you define your unique? Yeah. I'll take the first one. Okay, go on then. Um, it's a more, firstly, it's a functional, from a functional perspective, which is the on-demand piece, which none of the other companies at the moment, especially in this country, are doing the, the on-demand piece. And by demand, just... By on-demand, I mean the ability to sell uh, tech or buy tech on the same day. So whether you're going into a shop and getting the cash there and then, 
or whether someone's coming out to your house. But it's kind of two parts as well, because what we do, which no, no other company's doing at the moment, especially if, if you're buying a phone from a company, is the certification piece. The, what, we're, what we're building with our tech check diagnostics allows us to authenticate and certify devices so that the next person that buys that phone knows specifically what, what condition that phone's in that it comes from somebody who's an authentic seller and it's not been bought off the back of a lorry. And what it does from our business, it allows us to be so much more efficient in how we buy and sell stock because we've got a level of detail that nobody else is processing, which will give us the, the advantage. And there's customer benefits and then there's business benefits to our, our B2B sides as well. Mm. And on the value side, yeah, we've started to wireframe I've seen your deck. I know your value systems. Um, but no, I think it's really important. Um, it's something that I've started to work on with the guys. We actually went away that romantic weekend to start working that doc, but then got completely sidetracked by the big idea. But it is something that I will have in place by January. I think it's really important that people have, yeah, especially absolutely. from the founders down, have a value system, your beliefs, why you want to work there. And I think it's important to tell everybody that comes into business. I think it's something that's still molding in me and Matt. And I think it kind of having a business is kind of like having a baby in some respect that you have to like birth it out and then you have to kind of rear it and tell people about it. So I kind of think that we're going through that process of birth. <laughs> the analogies are crazy. I love rear them. it. They're brilliant. If you listen, if you listen, to, the, uh, if you listen to the podcast, I have a lot of really weird analogies throughout the podcast. So I have to put one in it. There's a lot of rearing. There's a lot of rearing. Yeah, me and Matt's Reebok's baby. Um, it won't come out in a box. But yeah, I think it's really important. We know and it, it should come from the founders. I know you wrote your document. I know it's really important and it's something that um, will be available for not just the staff, but also I think for customers now. I think it's important that the customers know your values, understand your beliefs, why you're there. You know, you're more transparent with it. We'll chat to Kate about that a little bit more about how that do happens, but it's something we're definitely working on. Okay, cool. Cheers, team. Yes, people, thanks for blessing us with your ears. Tell us what you think. Keep us in the loop. We'd love to get your stories, questions, and any topics you want us to discuss. Make sure you hit us up and leave a review on the podcast, and we'll see you next week. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.